So, book of the day, amazing book, Social, Matt Lieberman, Harvard professor. Uh, you've probably heard me talk about this book a lot, Why Our Brains Are Wired to Connect. Now, today I may come back and do a more kind of in-depth, this is a pretty deep book, but what I want to talk about that kind of, I use books, I call it leapfrogging. They either leapfrog me to other books, other audio, other seminars, speeches, all about learning. Like Buffett says, the more you learn, the more you earn, the more rewards you get in your life. Or as Nelson Mandela said, you know, what takes a poor boy from a little village in Africa and makes him lead nations? It's knowledge. That's the story of his life, right? If you know Nelson Mandela's story. So when it comes to social, the takeaway and the leapfrog that I go to mentally is looking through my life. If it's true and kind of the hypothesis or the central thesis of this book is our brains are wired to connect. Like Poe Bronson, I talked about that top dog book. It's all about social in many ways. Almost everything you're doing, whether it's health, wealth, or happiness, is keyed in on that social. As Jonathan Haidt told me on the phone, the two-time uh, TED Talk and uh, speaker and NYU professor and the author of this good book somewhere right there, Happiness Hypothesis, he said we're hive mentality, and you like beehive, and you're never going to get around that. So the real question for me is because, as you know, I talk about this book here, Charlie Monger. He's big on inversion. He says if you know what, if you want to know what you should do, you should focus on what you shouldn't do. So when it comes to the social, who are the people you must avoid? And that's an important question because so often when it comes to social, it's like who should you date? Who should you marry? Who should you associate with? Who should you business make your business partner? Because uh, social extends into business, extends into health because you're affected by osmosis by those people's habits, health habits you hang out with. You hang out with a lot of overweight, uh, unhealthy, processed food eating people. Guess what you're probably going to become? And it's because what he talks about in this book, we're hardwired to key in on social cues from other people. Daniel Pink talks about this. All these preeminent kind of scientists. David Buss here in this yellow book. So I like to invert. I'm not, it's, it's kind of like the, you see uh, John F. Kennedy said that. He inverted the question. Remember his famous speech? Ask not what you should do for your country. Uh, sorry, butchered it. <laughs> Ask not what your country should do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Right? That's an inversion. He was saying everybody in the world when it comes to politics and government is asking, what can government do for me? And he's saying, no, what can you do for your government? That's the place to start. The inversion of ideas. If you there's a good book I have, I forget the title. It's on logic and the brain, and it's big on the classic tool of inversion. So when it comes to social life, who do you avoid? And I like to make it simple. I try to follow what Einstein said. He said, make things as simple as possible, but not more simple. So I don't want to oversimplify, but I do want to reduce it down. If you've seen my article on my site, tylopez.com, on marketing the bouncer of the brain, I talk about how. Brain is 2% of your body weight, but it's 20 to 30% of the energy glycogen that you use is expended in thought. And so when, comp when ideas are too complicated, we oftentimes forget them or don't implement them. So I want to give you something simple that you can implement. Powerful though and effective though. So what category of people should you avoid? You know, there's lots of hypotheses people have. You should avoid unsuccessful people. You should avoid 
poor people or fat people or you know blah 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 I don't know you can go through the list of who you should avoid I've heard it all the problem with avoiding somebody who's poor as my dad told me he said I never look down on a homeless person because that man might be the next president of the United States the down and out stories of the human experience are many right there's an old saying, never look down on any man because every man will have his day or any woman. So that's not a good way of inversion to exclude people from your life. I don't like that way. I don't like the poor way because many people who are poor will be rich. As the old saying goes, the rich shall be made poor and the poor will be rich. So that, that little thing, that's a bad heuristical decision-making pattern. Uh... Should you discriminate, and I don't mean, let me not use that word, it's a loaded word. Should you exclude people from your life who are pessimists? Nah, because like Charlie Munger said, I spent my whole life planning for the worst and it's made me happier. So having some pessimists in your life will balance you out if you're super optimistic. It's more about balance. As this book I'm reading, Strength Finder, this classic book on personality typing, what it says is, there's no balanced leaders, but there's balanced teams. So you may be imbalanced, too optimistic, too pessimistic. So having your thesis, antithesis, synthesis. That's a classic tool of philosophy. Will Durant, the Pulitzer Prize winning writer that I love so much, he talks about some of the great philosophers, Aristotle and all of these, Hegel and Kant. And he talks at some level, it's about opposite, opposite, and then blend. So. There's, that's not a good way to exclude friends by pessimists or optimists. Obviously, extremes may want to be avoided, but uh, slow people, nah. Slow people sometimes think things through more. Should you exclude people who are too fast? No, sometimes you'll need their energy. If you've been in some of my business training things or my VIP or in my 67 steps on my website, you'll know I talk about the PACE system, a system I've developed of personality type and understanding other humans, P-A-S-E, practical, action, social, and emotional type people. Now, with this PACE system, uh, you will learn you need all those different types of people in your life. You need some P, some A, some S, and some E. So I wouldn't exclude people based on that. So what I'm trying to get to is what in the world can you exclude people? And I'm going to suggest, I'm going to hypothesize that you try this experiment in your life. Because anytime I have, and I've done this experiment, and anytime I've not followed this, I've regretted it. And anytime I have, I've felt a heck of a lot better. Remove and exclude people who are insecure. Insecure people. Now, you might say, well, Ty, if people are pessimists or optimists have some place in your life, uh, why couldn't low self-esteem slash insecure? And it's not necessarily low self-esteem. I want to make that differentiation. Low self-esteem is sometimes people who look at their life and go, I haven't accomplished much. I don't feel like I deserve much. And sometimes, honestly, we live in a, a cult of high self-esteem. Jonathan Haidt talks about in Happiness Hypothesis how out of whack that is and actually how many violent people uh, and criminals are people whose sense of self-esteem is delusional. They should have lower self-esteem, but they see themselves very high and they become sociopath. The truth is, as Dr. David Buss talks about in this book, in his textbook, he says you should uh, see yourself as you really are 
And oftentimes low self-esteem can be a tool to remind you you got to work on some things and then you will earn higher self-esteem. You got to keep it in balance. Some people are off either way. That's not what I want to talk about today. Insecure, though, is different. Insecure are people who are erratic. Okay, you can have insecure people with high self-esteem. In fact, those are the worst people, without a doubt. Those people that I know, I mean, I have dealt with this in my personal life, romantic life, and business life. And even family, maybe a little bit less, but to some extent. It's the worst. It gets me the least end game goal that I want. It least efficiently gets me and it throws me off. And I guarantee you, if you go through your life, you will find insecure people are to be avoided, in my opinion, at almost all costs. Maybe watch movies about them. So if they have anything to offer you into, into your life, you can like visually see them and or read a book about insecure people. But in terms of tr entrusting any part of your life to their care, whether it be in business, whether it be in love, friendship, health, well, I mean, just and every time I do that and prune my friends based on that primary criteria, it's awesome. So low self-esteem people that are also insecure are horrible in my experience. High self-esteem people who are insecure are horrible because they are erratic. They are not predictable. Just imagine this. You start a business with a business partner. They are like, we're going to do this thing 50-50. Now, I don't care if they have low self-esteem as much, but what if they're erratic? What if they're insecure? So all of a sudden you start, you're 50-50 partners. You start doing a lot of stuff successfully. Instead of them being excited and jumping on the bandwagon and being like, woo. Now let's say they're a low self-esteem person, but they're secure. So you're really excelling in the business. That low self-esteem person who's secure will be like, wow, I haven't done much. That's their low self-esteem coming out. But they're secure enough to be like, maybe I can learn from my business partner. So they sit you down and like, can you teach me some stuff? So that's low self-esteem, secure. You're fine. You can bring them up. Now let's say it's high self-esteem and they're also secure. They'll go, wow, that's awesome. Everything I do touches, turns to gold. So this guy's over here, my business partner's doing something awesome, I'm gonna be even more awesome. So you win there too. You get your goal of a successful business. But man, when they're insecure, a low self-esteem insecure person, what they will do is go, woe is me, I never do anything. Every time my business partner's more successful, that just shows how bad I am and all oh, the fear, what are other people gonna laugh at me, blah, 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 blah. and they'll sabotage that business. They'll start talking about you behind your back. They'll start talking to other employees, other business partners. Everything you're working for is boop, boop. End game, over. Your goal of health, wealth, love, and happiness, over. Sabotage, one monkey wrench in a big machine. You, you put a two by four on a train track, you can kill everybody on that train track. You know, maybe not two by four, but whatever. You put something on the track, you cut one track, you can kill a huge train, thousand ton train with all hundreds of lives on it. One insecure person. Now let's say you have a high self-esteem person, a person who justifiably has done well in their life and you start doing well for that 50-50, remember it's a 50-50 business. Well, they're insecure, so they're like, 
Well, what does this mean about me? Will people not think I'm as good? Well, they oh, I better nip this in the bud and boom, sabotage. You'll see that with love, friendships, same thing. Get rid of those people like you would operate on a cancer in your body. You know the best solution for cancer in your body? Cut it out, kill it. Because cancer does what? The definition, if you argue a priori, that's a logical uh, understanding, is by definition, cancer is something that spreads quickly, over-reproduces, and that's what insecure people do. Man, low self-esteem people that are secure will kind of stay to themselves and reach out to you privately in an introverted way. Insecure people will go run their mouth. They'll go do whatever they can do to destroy what you're doing. It's horrible. Like people ask me what's the biggest mistake. As I talk about, if you're in my uh, 67 steps, if not, you should listen. Get in that 67 steps. It's basically free. You get a book for it. It's the best thing I remember doing in a long, I mean, not the best, but it's one of the best things I've ever personally done and put out there. I talk about the black and white 500 year old mindset you want to avoid. And, and so I'm not saying these people are evil. I'm not saying these people should be removed from the planet. I'm just saying if your goal is momentum and going somewhere with your life, cut them all out. I don't care who they are, by the way. Blood is thicker than water. Family should get more chances than anyone else. But on the flip side, if you invert that, family should also be nicer to you because they're blood. So in some ways, when family screws you over because they're insecure, you could overlook it a few times because they are family. And you can be mature about it. You can sit them down and say, listen, you're sabotaging this thing. What can we do to not have this happen? But eventually, they get cut out too. I hope you never have to do that. It's a horrible thing when families get divided, but as the great spiritual teacher said, he who loves family, mother, brother, son, or daughter more than truth isn't worthy of the truth. You're a truth seeker. That's why I think uh, you know, you're on the path that you're on. Cut them out. No matter who they are, if they're closer to you, they deserve more chances. They deserve more warnings. They deserve more conversations, but boy... They're a plague. They're a plague on hopes and dreams. So I hope this talk isn't too negative. I don't mean it to be negative, but I will tell you, as I said, people ask me what's the biggest mistakes I've ever made. Without a doubt, it's getting close or entrusting anything of importance to insecure people. Again, I got some low self-esteem people in my life, some medium and some high. I don't seem to have problems. But look back. I want you to take a second here. This isn't one of my super long talks. I want you to do a self-examination of those horrible interactions, those interactions. Now remember, I didn't say painful because some painful interactions can be help you get to your end game goal. Joel Salatin, when I was there at 18, was like a was like a boot camp sergeant at a military boot camp. I mean, I felt bad often. So I'm not just asking you who made you feel bad, but Joel moved me straight towards my goal of the good life I'm forever indebted to him as a mentor, even though at the moment sometimes he didn't feel good. So I'm not asking you which of your friends make you feel the best, who always pat you on the back. You don't always want that. I didn't say mean friends should be cut out of your life. Mean friends can serve a purpose. They're blunt. They look at you, Ty, and go, Ty, you're off base, man. 
bring it together. Let's get back to planet Earth. And I'm like, oh, eventually it hurts for a minute, but then I'm like, oh, okay, that's a good idea. It's kind of like pulling a Band-Aid off. They pull it off, hurts for a second, but you need it off. So think back on your life, the true disasters, not the ones that harmed you both in the short term, but kept you from getting to good goals, good goals. Now, again, you might've had a stupid goal and someone messed, you know, messed up that goal that you might go back and thank them and pat them on the back. Oh, I was going to become an alcoholic and, uh, you whipped me out of it. Like it was painful in the beginning and you diverted me and sabotaged my goal of becoming an alcoholic. Thank you, my friend. Those people deserve a thank you. But I'm talking about the people that you had good goals, real goals. I guarantee you, you'll find someone uh, possibly in your family or extended family or close friends that did that to you. Just think how much better your life would have been if they were never even around you, if you didn't even know their name. Now, of course, you learn some lessons. You learn some lessons on how to avoid treachery and betrayal and sabotage. But you don't want how much how often do you want to learn that lesson? Learn it once. You know, when I was in second grade, I read a book. It said the world is round, not flat. I didn't have to go through a lot of life lessons and devote five years of wasted time to traveling in satellites around the planet and taking out, you know, measurements of the globe. I just took their word for it and learned real fast. So, yeah, you can learn real fast that insecure people, not so good. You don't have to expend the prime of your life. Remember, you have maybe 50,000 prime hours of your life, maybe a little more depending on how old you are. That's not a lot. You want to waste 10 of those hours, I would tell people, if I gave you $50,000 and that's it, you can never be replenished. That's your money to spend for the rest of your life. You'd be stingy with that. You wouldn't throw it around like you had it. Uh, you had endless amounts of it. Well, you know what the most uh, stingy thing you should ever be? Time and energy. Those are the two things that you should conserve. Time. Time. We're moving through time. Stephen Hawking says in Grand Theory, we're moving forward thermodynamically, cosmologically, and psychologically. And there is no reversal that we know of. A moment in time lost to insecurity of others is a moment that you should kick yourself in the pants. I do. So simple solution. There is no solution. You will not. Do not try to change them. Do not just creep surgery. Now, if they fix themselves, you can give them a second chance. You don't be the fixer. I don't want to be the fixer. It's kind of like, you know, you see someone on the side of the road and they broke their back in an accident, you call 911. If you've not devoted your life to understand what it is to be a medical doctor or a paramedic, don't try to pick them up. You're going to break their back even worse. Right? You could you can be the one who calls it in, but ultimately someone else has to do it. Do not be a fixer of people uh, when it comes to one specific area. Insecurity. Leave it for someone else who has more time in life and maybe has decided that's their life path, okay? So, questions for you. I have four. An example in your health life, your body, physical body. A goal you were going to and an insecure person. Don't be afraid, if you're afraid to give out their name, put their first initial, L period, A period. Put them down on this page, or if you're watching us YouTube, listening to some podcasts, put it down. Sabotage you to a good goal, an effective, a goal that was worth going towards they threw you off track because of their insecurity about themselves. Maybe it was a word, a bit of bad advice, a sly remark that you're sensitive and threw you off. 
and then how you can get them out of your life. <laughs> how about wealth? Now, they may already be out of your life, but talk about them in the comment, number one, how you should have gotten them and what you could have done to move them out quicker. Number two, when it comes to wealth, what are those people? I'm not talking about today, other things. People that were insecure that kept you from the money you should have made. Could have been a business partner. Could have been any myriad of people. What's their first initial? And what you should have done and what you will do now if they're still in your life. Third, when it comes to your social life. Specifically, let's talk about romance or family or friends. Again, the first initial of somebody. Uh, if you're afraid, call him Mr. X, Mrs. X, whatever. Bob Doe, Jane Doe. And how they sabotage and how you'll in the future get them out. And the same when it comes to your happiness. People sabotaging your happiness, how you will get rid of them. As Jonathan Haidt says in Happiness Hypothesis, he basically says, there are several things that will eradicate your happiness that there's nothing you can do. You can't meditate your way out of it. You can't grit your teeth. He says one of them is being in traffic, commuting. One of them is living in a loud place where there's cars going by and helicopters and trains and all that. He said no matter what you do and how much you ignore it and think you've ignored it, your cortisol levels are up. And the third one, he said, are bad boss, he says, bad spouse, bad friend, social things. Okay? So tell me about that and how you're going to fix that situation that's killing your happiness uh, with one or more people. As the old cliche goes, one apple will spoil the whole barrel. Alan Nation, one of my mentors, he said, Ty, you know, I do public speaking. There's a thousand people in the room. 999 people love it. But that one person that gets up that's insecure, they don't even have a real point. It's not like they're doing a valid debate because you want to keep yourself open to naysayers. That's okay. People who debate with you point out your flaws. Those are good. But he says somebody who just gets up and just insecure and speaks out of that, the whole energy of that room disappears. Avoid that. Cut that out. So remember, keep all types of people. People who cause you pain and pleasure. People who are pessimistic, optimistic. People who contradict you and people who agree with you. Leave those in. But the insecure ones, get them out. Okay? So... If this has resonated with you, I want to ask you, I don't always ask this, do me a favor, would you mind posting this? There should be a link on your Facebook. Might be interesting, might cause some interesting conversations. See how people on your Facebook wall, other friends may react to this. Maybe it'll send off a subtle cue to somebody that needs to hear this message that's in your life. Uh, so you can reach me at, at Ty Lopez on Twitter, Instagram, Ty Lopez, uh, the number one, and Facebook, is uh, Ty Lopez official. But if you are not on my book of the day, please go on that. Uh, it's free. A lot of value. It's one of the largest book clubs in the world. Reaches over a million people in 40 countries. Put your email in. It's absolutely free. It's on my site, tylopez.com. I think you'll get some value there. People seem to be getting a lot of value. Um, not because of me, but because we're going into the books and the minds of people much greater than myself. Okay? And uh, lastly, if you haven't, check out my 67 steps. If you're on YouTube, I think we might put a button right here. And that is 67 steps to get what you want, the good life. You'll see on magazines, there's three steps. There's, two, there's not. It takes more than three steps to make a million dollars or to get ripped or whatever it is you want. But over the years, since I was 16, I've been collecting the thoughts, sayings, wisdom, 
of the greatest books, the greatest in-person mentors. I've traveled to over 50 countries. Uh, and and so uh, check that out. I, base, I, give it a, I give a book away with it. It's no cost. Just cover the shipping of the book. Get a free book, free stuff. We run different things at different times. Uh, but then you get 67 days, one a day, a video or audio like this. Okay? It's changing lives. I think we're going to end up with like a million comments soon of people who have gone through the 67 steps. It's crazy how the growth rate. We're not there yet, but the growth rate is thousands at a time a day of comments and change. It's literally like 2,000 comments a day, new ones. So check out 67 steps. Should be a link here. I'm pointing. Maybe it might be under the video somewhere, okay? So I will talk to you soon. If you're on the podcast, you can check out tylopez.com. So thanks so much, and uh, I will talk to you on the next book of the day. Check out this Matt Lieberman. Good one.